Thanks to Masterclass for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Get unlimited access to every class and 15% off your annual membership at masterclass.com slash AppleBits. All right, everybody, we got a special episode because this is the definitive preview for Apple's scary fast event on October the 3rd. That's a Monday because guess who I'm bringing in? Bloomberg's Mark Gurman to talk about it all and maybe even stuff that we expect to see next year. So buckle up because you know what time it is. Let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, a.k.a. BTZ, doing it nice and slow and easy. What's up, everybody? It is episode 287 of the Apple Bits XL. This is the show where we talk about all the latest and greatest news, and we've got big news coming because October 30th, which is Monday, is now officially the date where Apple just dropped this surprise event on us. I talked about it in last week's episode because it really... Came out of nowhere. Well, the official invite is out. It's happening. And guess what? Someone, by the time you listen to this, might happen to be in New York during that time. But I have no idea what's going on. But we will find out very, very soon. But before we get to that, hey, we got some orders of business to take care of. First of all, let's talk about how you want to be a part of this show. All you got to do is record a voice memo on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop. Then... Send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with AZ, your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. Want to be part of the show? I'd love to hear from you. It adds so much flavor. Applebitsshow at gmail.com. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support my content. It's how you support this podcast. It starts at $2 per month. You get $5, which is like a cup of coffee per month. You got the $10 level, the $25 level, and the $100 platinum Apple level. What does it get you? Early access to my content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. You don't hear any of this, nothing. We just get right to the show, and we get right to it. So thank you for all of your incredible support. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you do it. All right, so this is special because I told you, I teased you in the beginning, Bloomberg's Mark Gurman jumps on the show. We're going to talk in depth about everything that we expect to see at the Scary Fast event. Again, it's happening October 30th. It's a late night, kind of like, I like to call it Apple After Dark or Apple at Dark. It's like their late night edition, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time is when the live stream will go up. It'll be a virtual uh, event there are no guests at HQ or anything like that, but we'll see what happens. Uh, we teased about it, how we expect it to be all about the Mac, but maybe they can throw some curveballs at us. The biggest curveball is that we were told up until basically less than a week ago, there would be no more Apple announcements. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, Apple's doing an announcement. So enough of me talking. Let's get to the interview. Mark Gurman and myself, who has been leading all the scoops here, talking about all things scary fast. All right, special guest in the house, everybody, Mr. Mark Gurman from Bloomberg, just uh, Mr. Scoop DuJour as well. What's up, Mark? Thanks for hanging out. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Always. You know, we're going to do kind of a little preview or what to expect because guess what? I brought the man who broke the news. I think what's really fun is for the longest time, you and others, it was it just felt like, hey, the, the year's going to wrap up. And then, well, everyone was zigging. Here comes Mark Zagan's like, hold up. Um, Something's going to happen either on the 30th or 31st. You were the only one that reported that. And so, you know, props to you. That this is this is great to, you know, in your field, scoops is what it's all about. So uh, 
I brought you here to talk about it. <laughs> so how, how sure. was that whole how was that whole transition? Because from everything that we knew, even you said like uh, things aren't coming. Then all of a sudden it like flipped on a dime. What happened? Um, what happened was that the iPad was always planned for for next spring. Uh, but there were always, I think I've been writing since July, a few uh, M3 Macs coming by end of year. And that sort of wavered a bit, but then, you know, things got locked in and, you know, the event is on Monday and they'll be updating uh, the Power Mac G4 Cube to Apple Silicon, the one you have behind you. That is really cool. H- how did you get that? Wait, 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 hold on. Did you say the G4 Cube will be upgraded to Apple Silicon? Hold on. What, what do you mean? Right. Happy Halloween. I'm just joking around. <laughs> that's that's not a that's a trick, not a treat, Mark. How dare you? Yes. How dare you? No, I, I've yes. had that thing for years. That that is one of my. It was well well ahead of time. It's G4 Cube. It was kind of one of Steve's babies. It's iconic, and you know, its design led to what we see with the Mac Mini today. So I think it's and it's incredible condition. I mean, the thing still works if I wanted to power it up. Did you did you buy that later, or did you have that? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, I bought it later. Maybe now that I think of maybe twelve years ago, I bought it. No, that's like I've had it for machine. a long time. I don't think I've ever seen one in person, but well, maybe I'll show yeah. you sometime. I know you're yeah, that no, would be great. Yeah, but but uh, since everyone was like, "What?" I know you're messing with us. <laughs> I mean, we t- you talked about in your report. Um, I guess what Max are we expected to see here? Um, you know, I've written that the new MacBook Pro is in production, coming off the line, so I would anticipate that uh, there'll be some other stuff too. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I do know what the other stuff is, but I, I'm waiting to report that out. That's, uh, that's okay. But I can tell you what won't be there. Uh, the AirPods, uh, I wrote earlier this week, won't be introduced uh, until next year in 2025. So next year will be new low-end AirPods, two versions, one with A and C. And then the AirPods Max, I know a lot of people have been asking, I think yourself mm-hmm. included, are going to USB-C at the end of 2024. And then the AirPods Pro will be updated again with a new lock and chip in 2025. But I know you're most interested in the Mac. Uh, and, you know, this was an interesting year for the Mac, right? The year started off with new MacBook Pros, the M2 Pro and M2 Max, January, a new Mac Mini with the M2 and the M2 Pro chip. Uh, and then in the summer at WWDC, they announced the 15-inch MacBook Air. It's super interesting because it seems like they've been behind on their timelines for for most of these machines. Um, Just a little history here. The original MacBook Air uh, with uh, M2, that was originally supposed to roll out uh, around the same time as the M1 Pro and M1 Max Mm. MacBook Pros rolled out at the end of 2021. So the MacBook Air with um, the M2 chip was supposed to come out in the fall of 2021, a year after the original M1 MacBook Air. Uh, and then the 15-inch MacBook Air, that was supposed to come out back then, too. And then it, it ended up getting pushed back to when the M2 MacBook Air 13-inch rolled out in June 2022, and then delayed again, obviously, to June 2023. And so they're going to need to get the 13-inch and 15-inch models, just like the 14 and 16-inch models, on the same timeline. So they'll eventually get there. They're not going to get there until next year. That's when the MacBook Airs will be updated, along with the the Mac Mini, the Mac Pro, and the Mac Studio, probably. Uh, well, let me take that back. Definitely the uh, the Mac Mini. Uh, the Mac Studio and, and the Mac Pro might be a little later out if the Mac Pro ever gets updated again. I, I think mm-hmm. it will. But obviously, with Apple, you never know how they waver there with the Mac Pro. Um, so 
it's been a really interesting time for the Mac. It's also interesting because in terms of their their sales, you saw that ginormous increase uh, with the Mac, thanks to Apple Silicon. It's been a huge win for the company and their overall revenue and people buying Macs. You know, it's so surprising, you know, you talk about people not really caring about specs, or at least that's the Apple angle, but it really is a spec that has been pushing people to the Mac uh, with Apple Silicon. I think people realize that the performance improvements over Intel is just day and night. I had a 16-inch MacBook Pro from 2019 as my oh, last yeah. non-Apple Silicon Mac. Me too. You, right? You could fly a, a jet with that thing, right? I mean, it's basically <laughs> a jet engine, and the battery life was you know, sub three hours, uh, it would get super hot. It would get super loud. The flans would go nuts. Uh, I've had this MacBook Pro M1 Max that I'm on since the end of 2021 when, when that machine came out. And I don't believe I've ever heard the fans. It doesn't overheat. The battery life is is tremendous. It's not as good as it was on day one. I think my, my power cycles have uh, gotten pretty high. Uh, but the Apple Silicon is just such a ginormous I- improvement, and in, in here we are on the cusp of the of the next generation. And so I think that is quite exciting uh, for Apple, but also consumers who have been holding out. On the other hand, you know, I'm the type of person who would you know try to update to the latest version, you know, as, as frequently as possible for for my job and what I do, and to be ingrained in the latest technology. But on a personal level. I find the performance of this MacBook Pro from two years ago so strong that I don't anticipate any reason personally to need to update to a new machine because of a new chip. Now, if there were new hardware features, new designs, things like that, not on this generation, but on a future generation, that would be interesting to me. But the chip performance has gotten so good uh, that there's not necessarily a reason to update probably for a, a few more years. And so I think that's sort of the uh, predicament Apple's in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but at the same time, time will go on, new designs will come out, and that will solve itself. Yeah, you know, so to touch on several points that you talked about, the me as a as a video editing, you know, content creator, I bought the M1 Max fully loaded, and I'm excited about the idea of the three nanometer chip. You know, uh, quite honestly, for the performance that I'm going to get, uh, it will be a boost, but I didn't even flinch when the M2 Max came out. Even with an M3 chip, whether it's Pro or Max in these new laptops, it's going to actually take me a little more than just a chip for me to upgrade. You know, when you talk about rendering out, let's say a 12 minute video, and when it actually renders out, it takes about, like, it's really ridiculous, two and a half, three minutes. Um, is 30 seconds more, even a minute more, really going to make that much of a difference for me? Now, right now, no, I don't know if they add any extra, uh, you know, we we see how their video engine is key to that M series chip and how it's in the M2 and higher for just crushing through video exports. Um, and so maybe something there gets even more optimized. But to me, it's hard for me to see other than, you know, even an OLED display, let's, you know, those are down the road, even if it came with that. I connect my macbook pro to a display and so it's it's going to be hard for me to see where to upgrade and i've talked about it on my videos a lot if you have even for most people even just a basic m1 if you're doing surfing the web photos uh listening to music even making little movies 
that machine is still really, 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 really capable because Apple Silicon is so good. So it, of course, they need to push things forward like you're talking about. But it's hard for me when I've done all these benchmark tests from M1 to M2 and now M3 to be like, I wonder when is that point where I'm like, okay, okay, now you should really, really upgrade. Um, it, it It is a conundrum that, that they've the silicon is so good. I've even talked to people that work in the repair side and they're saying, hey, the chip is so good that their estimates for actual revenue based on repairs and not that Apple's in the business of making, you know, faulty products, but they do make money because of repairs that is dropped significantly because of the M1 chip um, and Apple Silicon period. So it's it's really interesting how this affects long term um, sales. There's obviously people who are on Intel machines and have been looking to upgrade. Now you talk about M3. To me, that's a no brainer, but it becomes a little murkier when you talk about someone who has an M1, M1 Pro, M1 Max, M1 Ultra, then it I don't know if you should upgrade or not. I, I can't say that right now. In terms of the sales thing, I, I don't know this, but I would guess that the a majority of Macs in circulation at this point are probably still Intel, right? I, I majority probably probably I, majority. I think I think I think right? I think you yeah. And there's a lot of people who are on M1 and lower, so there's a lot of people to upgrade. Um, there's a lot of people who don't have Macs that Apple's trying to push a Mac onto. I think there's a lot of people who are using an iPhone maybe as their only device and they want a Mac and they may be buying a Mac instead of an iPad. So I think that the upgrade possibilities and the sale possibilities for Apple will remain strong. Um, it's probably the early adopter crowd like yourself and I who are maybe no longer early adopting on the Mac side. Now you mentioned OLED. OLED would do the trick for me personally. Uh, I actually just got an at uh, my first OLED TV, and it is oh, a quite, Mark, quite Mark. a big difference. Yes, I know. Oh yeah, it's, uh, that's yes. great. And so, if they move to OLED on the MacBook Pro, that would be something. But I don't anticipate that happening probably for three years at this point, two three years. And so, that's not uh, you know, there's nothing on this new machine that I know of at this point that is going to particularly move me, but I think it might move a lot of people who don't have a MacBook Pro and have been, you know, waiting to upgrade. It's super interesting because Apple rarely, they have, but they rarely upgrade a Mac twice in, in, in one calendar yeah. year. I remember, and I, I think I tweeted this, the iMac G5 back in 2005 was revamped, thinner with the iSight camera, photo booth and all that with the Intel. And then three months later, they refreshed it with the, um, <laughs> sorry, I met with PowerPC, and then three months later, they refreshed it with Intel. So that was fun. And then the iPad is not a Mac, obviously, but you'll remember, of course, in 2012, they did the iPad 3 and the iPad 4 six months apart. Uh, so the MacBook Pro M2 and, M and uh, M2 Pro and M2 Max, that came out in mid-January of this yep. year. And that was originally set for October of 2022. And so... The fact that they're going to do a new MacBook Pro in, in uh, October, November timeframe of this year uh, indicates that even though they were kicked off schedule for the prior generation, they want to get back uh, onto the schedule they were they were on, which I think is a, is a positive where we're seeing sort of this annual upgrade cycle for some of these key Macs, uh, just like you've seen that for the iPad and the, or not the iPad at this point, but the iPhone and the and, and the Apple Watch. So. Um, if you are a MacBook Pro or a Pro Mac user and an early adopter crowd type of person, you know, 
that's a probably probably a positive. But these are you know extremely incremental upgrades, right? And I don't think they have the bandwidth to be able to do much more than that on the Mac at this point. Then incremental upgrades on an annual basis. Obviously, the phone. There's a lot more going on. Um, but if you look at the Apple Watch at this point and the Mac, I mean, these are incremental changes. I think there'll be a few new bells and whistles actually on this MacBook Pro besides the chip, but nothing that would be worth upgrading to alone. Maybe I'll add double tap to the MacBook Pro. Who knows? <laughs> okay, 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 Mark. Yeah, you know what? You know, I was um, when you're talking about this back way back in the day. I know you're a young pup compared to me, but there were t- there was when you're talking about the PowerBook G4 time that era. And early MacBook Pros, uh, they they would upgrade the chips every six months. Right now, obviously, yeah. chip innovation is different now because they were pumping out processors, basically new generations every six months. I remember, I remember this because one of my buddies, my coworkers, when I worked at the Apple retail store back then, would always upgrade. Whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa! Which Apple retail store did you work at? The Palo Alto one, number two. SJ's favorite store, man. His the store he would come in on the weekends all the time. Oh, you don't know no this, way. do you? I've got no, plenty of stories for you. I've got, oh yeah, I worked at, so the first one was Tyson's Corner uh, and then the second one was Apple Store Palo Alto and I've got lots of fun stories. Some of my viewers or my podcast listeners have heard them, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff from there. Give me like, one. You want one right now? Okay, so this is, okay, this is a good story. It doesn't involve me. I have another ones that involve other people, but um, one of the funny stories is whenever SJ would come in, everyone would be on pins and needles because remember, this is a time where, people were doubting the viability of Apple retail, right? Gateway had just closed all of its stores. People were like, what is Apple doing retail? So Steve was very hands-on. Like I said, he'd come in every weekend on his bike with his little basket. He'd come in and he'd buy things. And sometimes employees would get really, like really freaked out. So he would come up and he'd want to purchase like a piece of software. And one of my employees, one of my you know coworkers would be like, so uh, do I just give this to you? And he's like, no, like char- charge me like a normal person. They're like fumbling around the keyboard and stuff. But the best one is that he comes up to the register and I'm on one side at, at the time when there were registers where you knew where to go buy something, right? Right. It's oh, kind of hard right. to find registers. people to buy something. You'd go up to it. I was on a register on the left side. Someone's on the register on the right side. So we're ringing out people and Steve Jobs is up at the front desk and a lady comes up to her, him, and she says, you know what? You look really familiar. Do I know you? And I'm just like at the computer going, oh my God, oh my God, like, don't do this, don't do this, right? And um, SJ looks at her, she's like, SJ looks at her and he's like, she's like, yeah. She's like, I, I worked at Apple before. And SJ's like, yeah, um, I worked to the Mac division. And I'm just like, eh. and, and so he like rings out, walks out of the, walks out of the store and I say to the lady, uh, you know who that was, right? And she's like, no, who was that? And I'm like, that was Steve Jobs. And she's like, oh my gosh, I worked in AR for 10 years, HR for 10 years. And I'm, yeah. So it was it was kind of like a sly little thing. Oh my moment. God. And it, he just stared her right in the face, like really nice with this like, but it was a coy smile like, yeah, the Mac division. And I was like, <laughs> I felt so, I was red for her. Asians don't even blush. And I was red for the lady. So, but there's some other good, there's some other good stuff. I can, I can tell you this other stories take a long time. 
All right, let's take a moment to talk about the sponsor of the podcast, Masterclass. And if you know, you know I'm a big sports fan, but I'm also into the psychology of what drives people. And I think there's a lot of sports psychology that can apply to real life. And there's a lot of classes here because with Masterclass, you don't need to worry if you're getting the best class. You can be confident in what you're learning. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. I'm working with Masterclass, and I have a deal for you because with the Masterclass, you can take one-on-one lessons from the world's best for $10 a month with your annual membership. And when you go to masterclass.com slash AppleBits, you get unlimited access to every class and 15% off your annual membership. Annual memberships start at $10 a month, and you get unlimited access to every instructor, thousands of online lessons, exclusive content, insights, and much more. There are over 180 classes to pick from, everything from scientific thinking and communication with Neil deGrasse Tyson to the science of better sleep with Matthew Walker. Both of those are things that I need. Plus, some exciting instructors include Gordon Ramsay, Malcolm Gladwell, Dr. Jane Goodall. Hey, if you're a sports fan, Steph Curry, the Warriors fans, they got that too, and many more. Find practical takeaways that you can apply to your life and at work. If you run a business, you can use Masterclass to help your team. Now, whether you want to advance your career, train better for sports, or be a better communicator, Masterclass has you covered. Gain new skills in as little as 10 minutes, either on your phone, your computer, tablet, smart TV, and even audio mode to listen on the go. Now, for me, I travel all the time, and I love watching a lesson or two on my iPad when I'm on a flight because it's the perfect amount of time, and it makes me more productive. With Masterclass, you can take one-on-one classes from the world's best for $10 a month with your annual membership. Get unlimited access to every class, and even better, right now, as an AppleBits XL listener, you could get 15% off when you go to masterclass.com slash AppleBits. That's masterclass.com slash AppleBits for 15% off an annual membership. So, so talking about that era where there was a time where getting updates twice a year was common. Um, also, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm guessing that they're trying to get back on track because we sometimes forget that there was a pandemic that also threw things off, you know, the scheduling, the timing of getting these products out and, you know, deadlines are met. So, you know, for them to push this up, I do do feel a little bad for people who might have bought an M2 machine just in the past three months or past month thinking like, hey, the, they're not coming. But, the, you know, this is tech. I do think, though, if you have any like an M2 machine, quite honestly, it's still a really, really freaking good machine. You just might have... FOMO because you just bought one, but I don't, I don't think there's any reason to be upset. I did have a question because, um, and you, you can answer this or not based on what's coming on your report or however you want to, but you know, Apple really pushed hard for gaming and Mac OS at WWDC 23, you know, new features to make it easier to port games, new shaders basically. And then with the iPhone showing us how they're using the actual console assets to play games on your phone. So I've got to imagine as they continue that gaming is going to be a focus here in some way, shape or form. I don't know if they're going to show us anything different or there's going to be something particular to um, their gaming. Maybe they add some element to like a, a gaming engine or aspect to it just because I know for a fact, my nieces and nephews ages, hold on, they're going to kill me for this 11 and up. When I asked them, what, what computer do you want to get? All of them want a PC because all of them want a game. And that's indicative. This is five of them. And that's indicative of the next generation 
that so nothing's changed, uh, right? Yeah, nothing's changed. Right, right. Apple has not been able to change uh, the mentality of consumers, even new age consumers who've grown up on, I'm sure, iPhones, uh, uncle, uh, uncle's iPhones and iPads, right? <laughs> and uh, they're still talking about PC gaming. And that is something Apple has had a very difficult time swaying people on. And to tell you the truth, I right now, I don't see a reason why consumers should feel any differently than they do. And so Apple's going to have to work overtime to prove that. And I think if this M3 chip ends up having ray tracing and some of the upgrades on the gaming side, um, you'll maybe you'll see the tide change a little bit. But what they really need more than anything is is titles, yep. right, and developer support. And uh, I'm sure they have a few developers that they've worked with to try to get games on to the Mac. Uh, the porting software you've talked about obviously is a really big deal to make it simple to port those games over to the over to Mac OS. And so I think you can bet on some gaming discussion uh, at the uh, Scary Fast event Monday night. Mm. Uh, but again, it's all about the titles. And I have not heard about any of the of the big guns that you have on PCs right now uh, coming to the Mac in any imminent fashion. But maybe that'll change into next year. Um, after people get more time with the porting software, obviously, it you know it's only been a few months since they announced these new gaming uh, technologies for the Mac. So it is going to take a while for them to get integrated. And I think Apple is is doing a lot right now in terms of gaming, and maybe they're trying to do too much. They're trying to uh, focus on gaming for the iPhone. They're trying to upgrade the gaming experience on the Mac, and then you have uh, the Vision Pro next year, which obviously would be an excellent gaming platform if they had the right titles and the right technologies there. So, you know, I think they're trying to, you know, improve their gaming experience across a lot of devices. Um, if we can talk about the Vision Pro for a second, I thought it was quite disappointing that when they announced the device, uh, their whole gaming focus was on Apple Arcade for the most mm -hmm. part and basically playing blown up tvOS or iOS or macOS games on the Apple Vision Pro. And for a $3,500 headset with an M2 chip, I quite frankly found that quite disappointing. Um, I see what they're doing in terms of the game controller experience on the Vision Pro, keeping it sort of standard with game controller support that you have across all of Apple's devices, being able to use a PS5 or an Xbox controller. Apple probably figures twofold. We're not going to make a better controller than Sony or Microsoft, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Or Nintendo at this point. That is their bread and butter. So let's leverage that. Let's give consumers what is has decidedly been the best type of controller for gaming on the market. And let's not invest the resources we would need to invest to build a good game controller. In fact, we've tried building game controllers in the past, such as leveraging the Apple TV remote when they moved mm -hmm. uh, to the App Store Apple TV. They tried to have it serve double duty as a game controller, and that didn't, didn't do so well. And you saw they abandoned it with the uh, Siri remote, the new Siri remotes on the latest Apple TVs, the Mellow remote that came in 2021. Uh, so certainly it's very clear they've abandoned game controllers. But, you know, there's been a lot of discussion for the Vision Pro to be the ultimate gaming device mm -hmm. that I think it could be. Uh, you maybe need some sort of hand controller experience. So the point is, is that they have a lot to do across several platforms and maybe it's too much. You can't really, you know, focus on improving the game experience on the iPhone if you're also focused on improving the gaming experience on the Mac, likewise with the Vision Pro. So I think they have to sort of pick one product, go all in on it, 
uh, drum up developer support, go all in on that, um, and, you know, knock out the gaming concerns one device at a time. And, you know, from a revenue standpoint, to me, it would make the most sense for them to uh, start with the iPhone, right? Not that they're losing sales to competing phones, but you want to make the iPhone as good as it can be. Mm-hmm. And then quite honestly, you know, instead of focusing on the gaming experience on the Mac, I'd probably focus on the gaming experience of the Vision Pro before the Mac if I'm allocating my resources because I need to turn the Vision Pro, if I'm Apple, uh, into a compelling category and get sales starting and interest starting in that product. And if you want to do that, you need to get the gaming experience off the snuff. People already think gaming on the Mac is a joke. So I think that could you know stand to uh, hang out on the sidelines for a little bit. But once you got the phone and the Vision Pro flowing, then you can go back to the Mac and really get gaming working well on there. Yeah, you know, there's there's a, there's a, some interesting things there because, you know, I've been thinking about this for a lot. And <clears throat> even there's products like the uh, the Xreal Air, which is just basically an augmented reality glasses, but you can connect any HDMI source into it and play games directly on a big screen, whether it's Nintendo Switch, whether it's the um, Steam Deck, whether it's your console. OK, and look, I know Apple, maybe Apple, they haven't announced this yet. And we know that there's remote play apps for both Xbox and PlayStation 5. So maybe there is some sort of integration with that and the Vision Pro. We don't know that yet, but that that would be some level of solution to address, hey, I can connect this directly to my console and see a big 120-inch screen. I'm like, okay, that's cool, but you know, it's still remote play, so it doesn't have the same fidelity and uh, responsiveness, and there's latency issues. You can play single-player games streaming, but not anything like a, you know, online fighting game or first person shooter with with the responsiveness that you really really want. So, I'm curious to see they're they're never going to acquiesce, but man, if they really wanted to blow that thing up, just even putting a USB-C to HDMI display port adapter on there to let me play Steam Deck, let me play Nintendo Switch, let me play anything on it. That that would open it up quite honestly and give people that are thinking, why do I need this? Again, another reason to look at the Apple Vision Pro, another real reason. The other thing when you talk about gaming is we talk about titles. Look, Spider-Man 2 was the number one selling title for PlayStation, and Spider-Man is an exclusive title. Now, I've always talked about that and flirted with the idea of like, hey, Apple just needs to buy a studio, come out with a AAA title, and people will go there. And that may or, that may or may not happen down the road, but... Even at that, they no, no, I don't think they will. But even at that, they need to get something like Spider Man on their platform within six months of its console release. Let's not even talk about PCs. Let's talk about some of these top games. And one day, if that day happens, then you can start looking at them a little more seriously. Man, if it comes out launch day title, and this costs developers from these game studios a lot more resources to develop fine-tune a game on the mac or the iphone versus what they've done and known for generations on xbox and playstation and nintendo but if they can get closer not come out with something like death stranding uh, and not come out with resident evil something like two three years after they launched on these other consoles that's when they can be taken a little more seriously as a gaming company and i i mean they know this but it's up to them to figure it out what will it take and do they need to pay some of these studios on the side to accelerate their porting of some of those games? 
But if they really, really want to take gaming seriously, they're going to need to do things like that. And I know it's not an Apple thing, but if they put a USB-C to HDMI port on that freaking Apple Vision Pro, that would make it 10 times more compelling for me, quite honestly. I like the Sony idea. The question for me is who says no? Does Apple say no because it's super embarrassing for them? Or does Sony say no, like, screw you, we have Mm -hmm. PlayStation VR, consumers should come buy our VR headset. Uh, come to think of it, I think Apple would be all in on that PlayStation idea because that would, uh, that would really, you know, help kickstart gaming on, on the, on the Vision Pro. And then maybe one day they'll ditch Sony once their gaming is up to snuff. But yeah, I don't think that'll ever happen as, as, as incredible as that would be. You know, that would be, that would be huge, right? Because the Vision Pro is obviously a much better VR headset than the PlayStation VR. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but Sony certainly wouldn't, wouldn't get up, wouldn't want to get up those gaming technologies. Uh, to Apple without a very, very pretty penny, right? Maybe it would be a $500 add-on or $300 add-on that goes Sony's way, but who knows? They've probably talked about it, but yeah. I certainly think, you know what? That I'd put that in the category of too good to be true. I know, right? But you know, when we talk about these things and we get excited about it, these companies have to listen and be like, okay, there, there's something there that we... And there's also a long history between these companies, Microsoft and Apple and Sony. It has to work for everybody in all directions for them to even consider it and even come to the table, right? I mean, these are companies that have a long history where Apple might have said a few things about their divisions that they're like, no, we will never want to work with a company like that in a true collaborative way. So there, there's a legacy that that blocks that. Hey, Mark, um, before we get going I know that you have a report and, you know, this is a good opportunity for people to be like, hey, check out the Power On um, newsletter from Mark comes out every Sunday. So I know you're probably going to drop some gems in that Sunday edition because the Apple event is going to be Monday, October 30th, 5 p.m. West Coast time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. You how about this? Let me ask you this question. We we don't you know, we don't know until we know. But the expectation is. New Max, you we didn't really talk about the iMac that much here. Is the iMac still expected to show up? Well, what I've been saying for I think a year and a half at this point is that the next iMac would be M3 and they'd mm-hmm. be skipping a 24-inch iMac refresh with the M2. So we know it'll be M3. Uh we know that uh, I, I wrote in March that it was about to go into production, right? So if you look at the way the timing stacks up, that would suggest it would be coming soon unless there's mm-hmm. some sort of major delay, which is entirely possible. There's also the scenario in which Apple wants to just focus on the M3 Pro and M3 Max uh, on Monday. So we'll see, but it's definitely a Mac-focused event uh, for sure. Like I know that, but you also can see from the logo animation that turns into a spooky Finder logo. And I actually think it's pretty cool that Apple's hosting the keynote at night there's been a lot of speculation as to why Apple is doing this. I think that it's as simple as this is a smaller event, narrower in scope. The timeline, because of the way they're or the, when they're shipping the products, lines up with the Halloween timing. And so I think they figured, why not do sort of a darker themed nighttime keynote and run it at night? Right. I think it, it's more of a marketing exercise. Uh, than anything in particular, any rationale. I've seen a few items of speculation. One is you want to appeal or work with a game developer in Japan, and that morning time frame, 9 a.m., 10 a.m. for Japan aligns with the 5 p.m. Uh, nighttime time frame in the U.S. Um, you know, there's also been speculation out there 
about China, right? And Apple maybe struggling sales-wise in China and wanting to do a keynote that appeals more to the consumers in China for them to be able to watch it. And so instead of it being in the middle of the night for China, it's in the Chinese morning on Tuesday, right? And so I'm not sure about either of those. I'm just throwing out what's been out there. I personally think it's literally just a marketing thing about how cool would it be to just go all in on that Halloween theme. And so I Apple think that's exactly Apple, what's going yeah. on here. It's yeah. Apple and, and Dark show, Mark. Yes. And they'll show the Macs running in, uh, uh, in in dark mode. By the way, do you use dark mode? No, I don't. I I, I, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not a dark mode guy, but I think it's cool. But I, I, I tend to like things bright. Even on my phone, I'm not a dark mode guy. I just never have. Oh, wow. I know. Interesting. Don't, I'm dark mode all the time on everything. <laughs> don't don't judge. Um, the other thing is that no judgment. We, no judgment. Yeah, judgment free zone. Judgment free zone. Um, you know, I I know you like I know you like the Lakers. I like the Warriors. Judgment free zone. Judgment free zone. Oh um, my god, I have some judgment about the Lakers, but go ahead. <laughs> so I was I was gonna say you know before we wrap this up just with the timeline of everything, you know I think we we when I look at what's expected to come in 2024. With Apple Vision Pro obviously being like the main focus of attention, quite honestly, year throughout the entire year, you know, you have the normal iPhone launch, Apple Watch Series 10. We'll see what that is, but 10 is a significant number. You know, you talked about AirPods Max, which desperately need an upgrade, and you know, probably get the H2. I don't know if they'll actually do something to make I don't it know lighter. About that. You don't think they'll put an H2 in the AirPods Max? I don't think the AirPods Max are going to have anything new other than USB-C. And really. Whoa. I mean, yeah. you, how about this? Right now, from what we know or don't know, you don't think that they would upgrade it to H2 just to get it on par from a feature standpoint with the AirPods Pro 2? No. Interesting. No. Interesting. No. People, yeah, that that that's interesting. But that aside... As of now, fact, I mean, yeah, as of something now, changed as of now. between now, now and then? Right. Sure, but as of now, it has the H1 again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an interesting curveball. Um, but as I was, you know, adding on with all the products that they have coming out next year and their regular products, I feel like it's even if they had to just squeeze this in, it's better that they're putting the M3 now because next year is going to be jam packed. Like next year is going to be a massive year just from all the products. One you thing know, I'll say about prices. that is there's been some speculation that Apple wouldn't want to launch the M3 Mac before the M2 Vision Pro mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that the sum would seem odd. And while it would seem odd, I think it would be even stranger for Apple to purposely delay a new Mac and establish category for a category that doesn't exist yet due to a chip. On the other hand, it may have been smarter for Apple to not brand the M2 chip in the Vision Pro as the M2 chip and branded mm-hmm. it as some sort of vision chip, yep. but it's really just the M2. Just yeah. like the M2 is theoretically like what, an A16X or A17 yes. or A16X yes. or 15X yes. it would have been. So I think the only error on Apple's part was the branding. But then again, point. but then again, there is also very real reasons why they wanted to brand the chip in the Vision Pro as an M2, because they wanted to get the idea out there that this mm-hmm. has a Mac grade processor. And so these are all decisions that have been made many months ago, decisions that have gone through hundreds of people and all the way to the top of the company. And, you know, they make the decisions and you have to weigh the pros and cons. And I think for Apple, the idea of 
branding it as a Mac grade CPU versus a new CPU just for mixed reality. I think, you know, at the end of the day, won and may have been the better decision. But I don't think the timing of M3 versus M2 in the Vision Pro mean, mean, means a lick, to be honest. You know what it is? that That's the chatter that you and I hear from the tech crowd where you have this segment of the audience that's like, why doesn't it have the fastest chip? It's like, have you even used an M2? Uh, like, honestly, the M2 is such a more than capable chip. <laughs> like, and do you want this thing to come out or not? I'm just saying that. So well, I agree with you on the latter. Good, right. I agree with you on the latter. Like, obviously, it would be more ideal if things worked out timing wise where yeah. this Vision Pro launched with an M3 chip or the, M- the Vision Pro launched a year ago and it was supposed to when the M2 was the hot new chip. But all I'm saying is, is that it wouldn't make sense for Apple to hold back the M3 yeah, yeah. until the Vision Pro is ready. Um, but yeah, you're certainly right. It is a pretty fast chip. I mean, so. Apple just needs to get this thing out and we'll see how we'll, we will see how the public responds to it. We know how the hardcore Apple fan base will respond to it, but I'm still very curious. I talked to a lot of people who think it's going to be like, this is going to sell in the multiple millions. I'm like, dude, it's $3,499 starting. And well, I know that there's an audience, but start. my goodness. It can't start. It can't sell in multiple millions of units because they're not going to have multiple millions of yeah, units available probably you. for a couple of years, right? <laughs> and so the Vision Pro, it's going to be such an interesting dynamic for people like me uh, who cover these things where it's going to not sell well, but they're going to still sell out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there hasn't really been a situation like that. So it's going to be an interesting device to cover because they're building so few units that obviously every unit they make is going to sell, but the number of units they're making isn't very high. Mm-hmm, so we'll mm-hmm, have to figure mm-hmm. out how to sort of thread that needle. I mean, I, I think that from developer response who, you know, at, there was a time where at least initially some uh, media and content creators got to try it out. Now that developers are able to go into these workshop locations to try out their apps, you know, I've talked to some of the developers and they're really excited about it and also just its fidelity. And I think people are going to come away saying, praising it quite, you know, talking quite highly of it, even without us knowing everything it can do yet. Cause Apple's shown us a good amount. I think people are going to be like, this is an, an, an amazing experience, but like there's to a your lot point, more though. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more, but to your point, Tell me. it's going to oh, yeah. No, go ahead. No, no, you first. When you used it, how far off did it feel? Like how? Well, how far off? Oh, I thought it felt very polished. I thought it was, you know, really? I thought I thought they were holding back with what they were showing me because I I had a lot of questions. I mean, the best way I can tell you is the responsiveness and the interactivity of the UI and the user experience is really really good. Purely because of the eye tracking and the reality is that people won't give them credit and talk about it as much. But PSVR 2's eye tracking is just as accurate as Apple's. But the biggest oh, wow. difference is that Apple uses it all the time to navigate, to open things, to operate the system. Wherein is PSVR 2, you have eye tracking set up the same way you look at different dot points and it calibrates it. But that feature is only used in a couple games, not even with the OS to navigate it. So although it's there, it's not front facing and it's not a key major component. And it's really not a differentiator. It's really a VR headset that happens to have an eye tracking component. But with Apple, this eye this eye tracking is everything for how to use this device, you know? Um, so that's that's what makes you feel how responsive, how accurate. I could look at whether it's an icon or I could look at like this small mini like 
bar on the bottom like that was just like a line to move things around when you start stared at it it was accurate so that's why i think that people are going to come away impressed and then also the fidelity you know the highest fidelity we've seen in a uh vr headset except for you know so there there's a var varjo or fr- i freaking forget about it. it's I know a pc based one it's six, yeah but it's the six thousand dollar one right yeah. Yeah, it's tethered yeah. to a PC, but it's yeah. not a con- that's not a consumer product. But I think it's going to get. We'll just have to see how usable it is. But I think people from an experience and fidelity standpoint are going to speak very, very highly of it. And I'm just curious what it'll be. I don't. It's still hard for me to say. I'm going to wear it every day. It's heavy. It, yeah. I couldn't. I can't wear it. I couldn't even when I was in the demo. I felt it around 10, 15 minutes, and I'm like, I knew at that moment, even with the head strap. I could not wear this for an hour or more. And really, I would love to watch movies on it, but we'll see. You know, it was, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but I don't know how much they could really change the weight distribution at that point in time, quite honestly. It's not good. It's not changing. No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. When you take it off after a couple hours, you'll see the indents in your face too, (laughs) and your face will be flush red. So you'll wait, wait for that. People posting pictures themselves after using the Vision Pro. Yeah. And you'll see some guy says, I've worn it for 24 hours. So yeah, you'll you'll, you'll see it. So, Hey Mark, I know you got to go, but this was awesome. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks Thanks for talking up for our scary fast preview. And uh, we'll we'll see what's shaking. We'll see what happens. And uh, we'll talk soon, buddy. All right. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. See you next time. See ya. All right. There you go. The scary fast preview with Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. And again, things are kind of up in the air. I think that Mark has published a whole bunch of stuff, but he was also kind of holding back. And so I teased it. There'll be more coming out on his Power On newsletter that drops on Sunday. But we definitely gave you a full kind of helping and serving of what we expect to see. The focus has got to be the max. New potential M3 iMac and new potential unveiling of the M3 Pro and M3 Max MacBook Pro. And I thought the most surprising revealing nugget based on what we know so far is that if Apple does release a second generation AirPods Max at the moment, based on reports and rumors and knowledge of what he knows, it would still come with an H1 chip and not the latest H2 chip that gives you all those other advantages of adaptive audio, the potential lossless audio connection to an Apple Vision Pro um, and other features like that. That's kind of crazy surprising to me. Uh, Conversational awareness, that's an H2 feature as well. Um, Adaptive audio, all that. That's really, that's surprising, but hey, There's still a ways to go. We'll find out when they actually release, which would be sometime next year. But again, it's all about what's coming up. Scary fast. Again, October the 30th, Monday, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can tune into Apple's YouTube channel where they will be doing the live stream. I will not be able to do any type of live stream coverage, unfortunately, because I might be somewhere to get you dope, dope coverage. Hopefully, I don't even know what's going to happen. Crossing my fingers there. But It's always fun when there's an Apple event, and I don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger on this three nanometer M3 type level chip potentially for a MacBook Pro. I just, I don't know if I need it, but hey, Apple can sometimes be convincing. And if it's worth it to me, you know that I'll buy it. And if it's not, I won't. And that's how we all make these decisions based on how they can help us. Do we really need to do this or not? Uh, We will find out very, very soon, just a few days away. So October 30th, scary fast. We'll we'll have plenty of coverage coming after that.
All right, before we go, hey, we got to give a special shout out to our Platinum Apple supporting at the $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Freider, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Koenigsegg, and Gregory Ford. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you to all of you for your support at every level that keeps on allowing me to do this and make content and really try extra hard to give you some really cool scoops. And I'm still working on stuff before the end of the year. Trust me. Um, I'm, I'm working and hopefully things come together. And when they do, I'll let you know about it. But patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you can support this podcast and all my content. All right, everybody, buckle up. We could, could we get tricks? Could we get treats? I don't know, but it's always exciting. Always fun times. Apple keeps, keeps us going with lots of content and, uh, we'll see what happens. I'm, I am curious. I I'm hoping there's something that might be surprising to us, but Hey, you never know the fact that they already have an event that that was the biggest surprise um, that I think that we could expect towards the end of this year. So we'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. You can check out my YouTube channel for more in-depth content and all the latest and greatest that comes out from that Monday event. But until next time, we'll see you. Take care. Be good. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace.